This is Paul. And this is Wayne. So, you know, Paul, with all of your Halloween Horror Night stuff this week, I, it is, it, I have, a, I have a, a new big idea for you. Are you, okay, are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. A new podcast mm-hmm. called mm-hmm. Polly with Aaron and Polly, in which we comment and watch all of your videos. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't it? It's so meta. It's Polly on Polly. <laughs> it's plus, if you're watching, old. yeah. Plus, if you're watching the videos, that means there's at least two more views of those videos. Right. There you go. There you go. That's an extra ten cents in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I love so it. How, how have your uh, horror nights been going? They've been good. They've been good. Um, for those who don't know, or don't care. Um, <laughs> uh, we have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash IOM geek. And, uh, I go to theme parks and, you know, geek events and stuff like that. I've, you know, been to star Wars celebration and D 23, not this one. Um, but I've been in the past and, uh, this, these past two weeks have been Halloween centric. I was in Orlando last week for the start of Halloween horror nights. And, um, Earlier this weekend, I was at a hollow scream at Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. So it's been fun. You know, this is my my favorite time of the year. And, um, you know, in Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, it's it's this weird little microcosm because it, it's like everyone recognizes me in one specific area of Virginia. And it's, <laughs> and it's Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. And it's so weird because it's like you, I can't walk like five minutes without someone yelling peeps yeah, at me. I, I do, get, I do get very amused, you know, because Paul and I share responsibilities for the IOM Geek Twitter and Instagram feeds. Mm-hmm. And I get very amused at the DMs that come in. Hey, when are you going to be at Bush Gardens? You know? <laughs> we should meet up. We should ride a roller coaster together. I'm like, you know, I've got to save these messages because when Paul disappears... You know, I'm going to need to turn these over to the investigative team. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's honestly, it's great. Um, It's funny though. You know, sometimes I'll run into people and I'm like, oh, you know, Hey, I'm Paul. You know, I introduce myself and they're like, oh, I didn't know your name. (laughs) Like you're just IOM geek. Like, oh, okay. That's, that's funny to me, but (laughs) no, it's, it's honestly great. And you know, I, I, you know me, I love this time of year. Um, so I think next up for me is probably the land of Oz, which is not Halloween centric at all, but I'll be yeah. going back to that land of Oz in beach mountain, North Carolina later this month. Well, this has been media week, you know, earlier in the week we had the uh, big star Trek day with uh, big Paramount plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll talk, we'll talk more about that in, in our uh, star Trek podcast, but Paul, Yes, sir. This weekend, D23. Yeah. With all we, the news. And, you know, if if you're watching uh, MCU Twitter, a lot of people are really unhappy about this. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, and I, I don't know why, honestly. Um, so we are recording our podcast on Sunday. We usually record on Saturday. But yesterday um, was the big Marvel Lucasfilm 20th Century Fox panel, which is a bit of a misnomer because it, the only 20th Century Fox property that I think they really focused on was Avatar. So they really should have just mm-hmm. called it Marvel Lucasfilm Avatar. Right. Um, but they had a lot of, st- I mean, I thought there were a significant amount of announcements at the D23 panel mm-hmm. and, and footage um, trailers shown uh, that were different 
or updated or just new from what they previously showed at San Diego Comic-Con or Star Wars Celebration. Right. Yeah, I mean, we saw the entire lineup of Thunderbolts. God, which that, I thought that, was great. I think that looks great. I mean, you know, was, we saw the concept art, and I think it looks great. Yeah, we saw it. So on the actual, uh, I watched the panel of it mm-hmm. where they brought out all the actors and they were they talked a little bit. The big surprise for me was Winter Soldier being part of the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, the big surprise for me was David Harbour being part of the yeah. team. Yeah. Well, and that, like, explains oh, why got, that, that explains why he looks so rugged for <laughs> Stranger Things, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I'm, uh, I'm like, wow, I can't when, when they the in the most recent season, I'm like, wow, I can't believe he lost all that weight and got all cut and everything. I mean, man, the guy looks amazing now. He really does. And, and it, you know, fit in the story because of the, you know, being in the Russian gulag. But, you know, that that was the Marvel diet and training. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, because everybody talks about that, you know, who's involved in it. Like, you know, it, it is it's a life changing, you know, the regimen they put you through. And um, hell, I want to be in a Marvel movie. No put, shoot. Right. Like, I definitely <laughs> want to be in a Marvel movie because I need that training regimen. That's right. Yeah. That's right. He looked great on stage. I love some of their jokes about how uh, what does it say about a team when the most mentally stable person's a winter soldier. Right. right. Yeah. The, so the team that they. um they unveiled was Julia Louis Dreyfus as her character. Um, is she Madame Hydra? Yeah, uh, I, that's who we suspect she is. That's I don't think she's been, been a, yeah. officially named yet. Yeah, but we've got Ghost from Ant Man and the Wasp. We've got David Harbour's character, Red Guardian, I think. Um, uh, we've got what's her face, um, the new Black Widow, Yelena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yelena. Um, we've got, uh, Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier, we've got U.S. Agent, and then we've got, uh, Taskmaster. So it, it is kind of interesting how, you know, Black, we, we've talked about how Black Widow started Phase 4, and we're like, kind of doesn't seem to have anything to do with it. It was just a Scarlett right. Johansson contractual obligation. But three of the characters from that movie, are in four this. of those characters, yeah. you know, uh, are, are, are translating to, to Thunderbolt. So I'm excited. Honestly, it's a great cast. Um... I mean, I'm really uh, excited yeah. to see U.S. Agent on screen, and I just I hope that they do it right. Yeah, I mean they've got a hell of I mean I, that's uh, you know Kurt Russell's boy um, playing that role, and they, they've really got a, a solid, you know, very um, charismatic cast. So I'm I'm hoping they they pull it off well. I'm excited. But, I, that, that, I I'm I'm eager for uh, for. Uh, Thunderbolts. I'm also eager, you know, they they firmed up the uh, David Shackman uh, assignment as director for Fantastic Four, and I think that's a great match. Yeah, Matt Shackman. Matt Shackman, sorry. David Shackman, Matt Shackman. Matt Shackman. I believe Mario. his name is Matthew David Shackman. I Matthew David Shackman. Yeah, <laughs> M.D. Shackman. Um, <laughs> honestly, you know, they one of the things I'm most excited about is they unveiled a trailer, and it's due out in less than a month on Disney+. Plus. For a werewolf by night. I can't wait. That it looks, I mean, the thing that blows my mind about that, Paul, is how horrific it looks. And it's going to be on Disney Plus. Yeah. I mean, so that it, trailer looks pretty damn intense for Disney Plus. And, and I know that they've changed some of their uh, ratings allowances for Disney mm-hmm. Plus, but damn. Yeah. And it's all done like Grindhouse style. And I don't yeah. know if you knew this, but the director is Michael Giacchino. 
yeah. you know, the, the the guy who does movie scores. I had heard that he that he was uh, working a film project. I did not know that it was this one. Yeah, well, yeah. And in perfect the trailer, project. Go ahead. I say perfect project for Halloween. Yep, exactly. And it's got Man Thing in the trailer. If yeah. you you know you just got to keep an eye out for Man Thing. So I am psyched for it. I'm sure it's yeah. only like thirty to forty five minutes. It's probably uh-huh. not a movie, but heck yes, that is yeah. great. And I love that. You know, we knew it was coming, but, you know, it's September 11th at this point. It was September 10th when they unveiled the trailer. And we're like, is that yeah. still happening? Like, did they yeah. even start filming that? And all of a sudden it's like, bam, hey, guess what? Comes out next uh, month. Disney well, Plus. and that's kind of how I felt about a lot of the stuff that they talked about yesterday. I was like, damn, I didn't realize that this was show ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, so I'm real surprised about Werewolf by Night. Yeah, like surprised. Secret Invasion. That's a, that was yeah. a hell of a trailer. That looks oh, yeah. great. Full trailer for it, so. Yeah. I am very excited for that. Um, You know, they showed that Secret Invasion trailer, and apparently that leads into Armor Wars, or at least Don Cheadle will, because Don Cheadle is one of the main characters of Secret Invasion who will then translate into Armor Wars. I have to say, you know, the concept of Armor Wars makes so much more sense with Tony Stark being dead. Right? It does. You know, I'm just like, that's going to have some weight to it, you know? Uh, I'm excited about that. I was really hoping that we were going to see something about Ironheart, though. Uh, they, they just they all they really did was bring on because um, I guess it's produced by uh, Ryan Coogler from Black uh, Panther. But um, they brought on Anthony Ramos, who's going to be playing the hood mm-hmm. in Ironheart. Um, he was on stage. So th- they, they didn't show anything other than the, uh, right. you know, the logo. But that's I think that's all they really said. But, you know, all of it, for me, pales in comparison to the new trailer for Willow. (laughs) Paul? Yes, sir. So I've been up since 4 a.m. And uh, (laughs) uh, I'm like, what am I going to do? It's 4 o'clock in the morning. We don't record for another four hours. I know. I'll watch Willow because Paul loves it so much. Yes. And so I did this morning and I and, and you should know, I have not watched Willow since it was in theaters back in what, 1988? Yeah, something like that. Uh, um, Boy, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did not like it in 1988. I did not like it this morning. <laughs> wow, that's a terrible movie. I love it's, that. It's movie. so hard to believe that it's a Ron Howard joint. Uh, I uh, I. I know it was early in Ron Howard's uh, directorial career. I feel like he would have made a lot of other choices uh, in directing had he, uh, you know, had he aged a little bit more before doing this. Because man, whew. I love Willow. I love Willow, and I am super psyched I, for the for, you know, for this uh, show. And I think it's kind of like the prequels in that that movie was aimed at you at the age you were. Well, right? fair. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I get why people like why people of a certain generation enjoy the prequels and value them more than the original trilogy. And it's kind of the same thing here. I'm like, you know, if I had been maybe five or six years younger, this probably would have been one of my favorite movies. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I've it, actually it, never it, seen it. What? It's so good. It Well, but, you know, that said. I think the trailer looks fantastic. And this is one of the things that I just really admire about Disney is that they will, you know, in all of these properties that they have purchased, they will go back to a, to a property that is, that did not perform well 
you know, and say, what do we have here that we can mine? What can we do? And I, I, I really admire that. And I'm, I am I am hopeful that the series is good because I'm going to give it a shot because I thought that trailer looked badass. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for it. You know, and so I, I think the the only disappointment for me coming out of that panel was I was hopeful for a cast announcement. And that was one of the, the strongest rumors was a cast announcement for Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, and I wonder, I wonder if maybe they just don't have something final yet, which is why they didn't do it, because I can't imagine continuing to hold that off. Yeah, I've got to and imagine that, they just haven't cemented the contracts. I think that would have made Marvel Twitter a lot happier because that was a lot of the frustration that I saw. That and some really stupid people who are like, you're making Shuri the new Black Panther. And I'm like, dude, comic books. Yeah. <laughs> you know, read a book, moron. <laughs> some people just like to complain. Yeah. Well, particularly where it involves uh, women, right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, the big disappointment, the I would say the only disappointment that I had was the uh, Star Wars stuff, which was limited anyway. I mean, I think especially with Star Wars Celebration, which was, I guess it was about three months ago. Right. Give or take. Um, you know, they had already shown Mandalorian footage. They had already shown, well, the 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 the, the trailer and first episode of Tales of the Jedi. We knew. Oh, see, like, I didn't know that. This was the first I even heard of Tales of the Jedi, and I am super excited for it because that trailer looks hot. Yeah, I'm excited for it. So I saw they, I, when I went to Celebration, they showed the, the trailer and the first um, episode uh, of Tales of the Jedi. I mean, they're I think. 20 minutes 15 20 minute episodes yeah, give or take yeah. yeah they're shorts but um you know they, there's three episodes focused on ahsoka at different points in time so it's, it's basically the birth of ahsoka ahsoka i think during the clone wars and then ahsoka post um i think it's post whatever episode three or something like yeah. in that time in between um episode three and four and then there's it's going to follow dooku from his time as a Jedi to his turn to the dark side. So, I mean, it, yeah. it, it looks baller. They've got a great voice cast and great animation. I Duke just is imagined, the one I'm super excited for. Just, just getting his origin. I mm-hmm. just imagined Wayne's eyes rolling up in the back of his head when Ahsoka hit the screen. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm excited for the Dooku stuff, too. And the fact that they got Liam Neeson to play uh, Qui-Gon and Liam Neeson's mm-hmm. son to play young Qui-Gon. Um I, I think it'll be good. And I think they, what is that later this year? I think. Yeah. Well, let me ask you because, you know, the Andor trailer that they ran looked like the trailer that I've already seen. Was that new to yesterday? Cause I couldn't discern the difference between the one that I saw earlier in the week. I, I, I will tell you, I did not see the trailer that was released yesterday. Okay. Um, because I was like, I've seen enough trailers. I know I'm yeah. going to see it. Anything else is just going to spoil things that I've, you know, that I don't want spoiled. So I figured it, cause it comes out in like two weeks. I'll just right. Wait. Yeah. There's a lot of good TV coming. Yeah. I mean, Willow is in November. I mean, yeah. at, right after Thanksgiving, I think, or Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, we are stacked through the end of the year. Cause we've got yeah. Andor werewolf by night. I, so I think she Hulk will end around the time Andor starts. Boy, I'm ready for she Hulk to end right now. <laughs> <laughs> God, that show sucks. Does it really? I've always really does. You know, I, I see what it's trying to do. I see that it's, it's you know, trying to be this, you know, self-aware comedy, uh, 
you know, breaking the third wall and it just doesn't do it well. And, you know, things that should be just hysterical, I mean, are just making me smirk. Whereas, and I think I've said this before, I, I then will watch Lower Decks after that and Lower Decks has me laughing out loud. Yeah. So you know, I just, I think the humor is poorly executed. Now there have been a few scenes that I've enjoyed, but you know, there were scenes in you know, spoilers in this week's episode with Wong that should have had me laughing out loud. And I, ju- I just kind of smirked, you know, just because it's not the, the, the comedy is not well executed. Apparently Madison with a Y, but not where you expect as uh, taken the meme world by storm. Mm. You want, and, you know, all of that should have been much funnier, you know, and the 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 stage magician trying to be a sorcerer should have been much funnier. And it was just all kind of sad, in my opinion. Uh, her her on a on a date as She-Hulk should have been funnier. So I just I, I didn't care for it. I did not care for it and do not care for it. Well, I, I'll tell you, one of the things that I was interested in from D23 was there was a Spider-Man panel um, mm-hmm. last night. Uh, like a 60th anniversary Spider-Man panel. And I kind of, ex- I don't know, like, I don't know what I expected. Certainly I wasn't expecting a movie announcement because it was um, based on the comics, but I guess I kind of thought there would be more comic news coming out of it, but there really wasn't. It was just a celebration of Spider-Man. They talked about the current arc and, yeah. and the upcoming crossover, but no real announcements, um, which was, you know, a shame. I mean, I guess that was the intent of the panel. I can't expect an announcement at every panel. I saw that uh, Hallmark this year has a Spider-Man Amazing Fantasy ornament. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's got a it's got a cover, you know, like a, a frame cover, and you know, which is two dimensional essentially, and then a Spider-Man and the guy under his arm, uh, three dimensional on top of that. Hmm. It's interesting. I'm not getting it, but it's interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of Amazing Fantasy, we didn't record last week, but um, Amazing Fantasy 1000 came out, which I will tell you, I don't understand that math. Um, <laughs> uh, but it came out, and it's it's one of those, like, $8, $9 anthology books with a bunch of different stories. But, I mean, superstar creators. You've got Dan Slott, Jim Chung, Ryan Stegman, Olivier Copiel, Giuseppe Camunculli, Kurt Busick, Terry Dodson, Jonathan Hickman, um, Neil Gaiman, Steve McNiven. I mean, just a so much talent in this book. And, and Wayne, you you read it too, didn't you? Oh yeah. And here's the thing about it: usually, when you have one of these anthologies, there'll be one or two good stories and a bunch that I don't like. I loved every single story in this book. I loved every single story in this book. Cause you know, and it's 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 such a stark contrast from there was another recent spider-man book that had like the jimmy kimmel story and all that that we didn't care for right Um, and this is just so much better and you know the stories that i mean don't get me wrong i shouldn't say i loved every story i liked every story but there were some stories that were so far and away like i mean classic spider-man stories i i I, this is just a, a great great book yeah there are a couple stories i want to call out the very first one where all of these big events are happening in the Marvel universe. And this one guy takes this opportunity to try to rob places every time the Avengers and everyone else are off on something. Mm -hmm. And Spider-Man catches him every single time. Yeah. That one is really good. The Spider-Man when he's 60 years old 
a geriatric Spider-Man out there fighting and how the uh, the city has come to rally around him. That one was really good. And that was a Dan Slott one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so much good in this book um, and the art is gorgeous. But yeah, I think my the standouts for me were the Dan, were the, the first one, the Michael Cho one that you mentioned, the Dan Slott, Jim Chung story. Um, I actually really liked the uh, Jonathan Hickman, Marco Ch- Chiquetto storyline, uh, the multiversal Spider-Man. Uh, I really enjoyed, I love the time frame when he was dating Betty Brant. Oh yeah, that was a good so one too. I love that callback to that era for that story. And there's some real heartfelt stories in here. Um, you know, the Neil Gaiman one uh, is actually, you know, really good. It's about kind of his his growing up with Spider-Man comics and, and getting into the Spider-Man, you know, getting into writing it and, and that kind of thing. And kind of it, it's a love letter for Steve Ditko. And then the book ends with a, a story from Mike Pasulo, um, who who worked at Marvel. Um, he worked at Marvel for 25 years as a you know head of marketing, and he he wrote a Spider-Man. He he died in 2022, but he had written a Spider-Man story that never actually got published. And um, Todd Nauk, uh, you know, as a dedication to him after his you know, posthumous dedication to him, they did, you know, um, they they did like I don't know five six pages of his story at the end of this issue, and you know the, the story you know the. Yeah, they have a little introduction to it and it, it's it's very heartfelt and i think that's something that i really appreciated about this book is you could tell all the creators th- these are not um what do you call them like when the stories are sitting in a, a file cabinet and they pull them out when oh. they need something yeah this was not that this was not a case of people just cashing in paychecks you could feel the love of the character in all of the stories yeah a lot of deep cuts in this too, um, which is great. So, I mean, I it, it's hard to recommend a nine dollar book, but I have, but I will say, out of all all the nine dollar books that I've purchased this year, this is probably <laughs> the, the best. Well, Paul. Yes, sir. Wayne. Dark Crisis number four came out this week. Yeah, and answered the question that I asked last time as to when are they actually changing the title? It happened with this issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, there's not a lot I appreciated about this book, which has been the case of the entire run on Dark Crisis so far. But what I will say is the reference on, what, page three, four of this book uh, to the tie-ins was appreciated. I was like, oh, that's nice. They uh, it, it, it makes the, the couple of books that I read there uh, worthwhile, you know, like the standalone Superman book, uh, you know, is directly referenced in a panel, uh, as are the uh, three of the other tie in books. So I was like, OK, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. I will say, though, I regret not reading those Flash tie ins because uh-huh. they very much <laughs> feel like yeah. required reading now. Yeah. Well, no, I, I mean, as I'm a Flash fan and somebody's reading the books, I did love that about this issue, having Flash show up to save Hal. Well, I plan on reading those when they show up in the DC app. But, yeah. uh, you know, there is so much I dislike about this book, and not the least of which is that on his best day, Lex Luthor should never be able to land a punch on Deathstroke. 
Yeah. Ever. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, I'm sorry. possessed. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care that there is there that should never have happened. I don't care how much tech is backing Lex Luthor up. Lex Luthor has other ways to, you know, take out Deathstroke. It never should be physically. I just I, I strongly objected. Yeah, I, you know, Aaron and I talked a little bit earlier this week. This book continues to whelm. I wouldn't yeah. say it's underwhelming because it's not bad, but it also doesn't overwhelm. It just exists. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the emotional pulls they're trying to do are really falling flat for me. The only one I, that really hit in this issue was Detective Chimp. Yeah, exactly. Well, and the, and the reference to Zatanna, right? Yeah. Uh, I thought I thought that I thought both of those pages that we see work, but it's just and I even like you know when Flash and Hal show up in the alternate Gotham and you've got you know sort of the clockwork Batman. Uh, you know, I, I dug that as well. But you know, and you know, Barry's like eh, Bruce is a little different here, <laughs> you know. Uh, but. You know, three, four pages is what I enjoyed out of this book. The the rest of it was just, and I hate to say this, garbage. You know, I, the, the the storytelling, I love Joshua Williamson, but the uh, storytelling here is not very effective. Honestly, well, the, the plus side is we know that it's going to all end well because they tell us it's going to all end well when they spoil it with Flashpoint Beyond. Right. right. You know, whereas, you know, Dark Crisis feels like if Dark Crisis feels to me like they fed all 12 issues of the original crisis on infinite earth into a machine and had the AI write a sequel to it because mm -hmm. it is, it is like, just let's check all the boxes of everything we feel like we need from a crisis and, uh, and, you know, move on to the next issue. It, there's no emotion behind it. It feels like a book written by committee, whereas flashpoint beyond finally got good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, it hit that midway point. Uh -huh. Like we liked issue zero and then one, two and three, we, we felt like there was no movement to the story. And then you get to issue four and now issue five. And it's like, oh, OK, now yeah. now now I'm feeling it. And it, I yeah. mean, not feeling, but it's like so, so much better. <laughs> yeah, I I was very annoyed, though, that they have two days after the dark crisis. Yeah, that was that was a little like, oh, OK, I mean. You, you probably could have timed these books a little bit differently. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I, I, I have not, uh, you know, been a, a fan of this series, but all of a sudden the Martha Wayne, uh, Joker is really hitting on all cylinders for me. I just, I very much enjoyed her in this book, her with a, with a rip hunter time machine. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, this is great. This is just great. And there is a, there was something about the way they drew Martha Wayne as Joker in this issue that for the first time, I'm like, you know, you can kind of detect, you know, hot, sexy time between Martha and, and, and Thomas. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, is there, is there a book where, Batman, you know, the the, you know, Flashpoint Batman hooks up with Flashpoint Joker. I mean, the is there a already. book there, you know? <laughs> it, it may be coming here. We still have another. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, kind of like the uh, the uh, you know all star Batman was it when you know with uh, you know Batman and Catwoman on the roof. You know, I'm the goddamn Batman. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I just like it was like wow. Uh, but uh, yeah, there 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 is just such a great energy in this book, and I just I I love how crazy Martha Wayne is here, but also you know she she doesn't seem just chaos driven you know the way our joker usually is mm-hmm. you know she she is chaos but there it, she she seems she seems to be operating more strategically and i i find that much scarier uh, yeah. particularly now that she's got a time sphere well and her plan is self sacrifice yeah yeah she wants to make sure her and thomas die instead of bruce yeah yeah it's 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 really well done i only had two issues with this or two things i didn't like about this issue mm-hmm. one rachel ghoul's back right i'm like without without really any explanation he's just like hey i'm back if anyone doubted it and it's like you just died well and very much <laughs> well, classic rachel ghoul right I yeah mean, he, he looks like he's you know straight out of a book from 30 years ago yeah well it is two days after crisis right fair fair so we don't know it could be it could be related to that um, the only other issue I had was there's one scene where Thomas Wayne is jumping through the skylight in Arkham or wherever, I guess, whatever prison that that um, Della Dent is is in. And, you know, he's jumping through the roof and the, the glass shatters and it shows like different scenes from Bruce Wayne's timeline um in in the reflections of the shards right and i didn't while visually interesting i didn't quite understand why that was happening mm-hmm. like i mean because at this point yeah it, it like it just didn't it didn't make sense the context of that for me well like i see you know barry is you know, look, appears to be dead in those shards, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also is that in the bottom right, is that Ozymandias? Who is that? Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm looking at it and I'm 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 like that's not Pariah. I'm I'm just not I'm not sure who that oh. is. I, I'm going to guess that's you know to the left is is Lex Luthor. So I'm, I'm I'm looking to see you know who these people are because you know he's like why did you kill them all you know anyway, I, 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 it's really interesting I I like where this is going and the fact that you know you've got the time masters involved like really involved yeah uh, I'm super interested I'm a sucker for the time masters yeah I don't know if we're looking at the same page because the one with the glass shattering is uh... it's actually the page before that, but I know which one page okay. you're referring to. And yeah, yes, I think that is Pariah. That's dead on the bottom right. The glass you're saying that's Pariah. Different yeah. versions of that, the uh, hair is not right at all for Pariah. Hmm, I could be wrong. I, I, I mean I, that could be Pariah because I'm like his, his his outfit looks a little bit like that, but he lo- the the head on Pariah looks more like Barry. Yeah, but Barry's the one in the in the um, electric chair. But yeah, I, I think the because they they mentioned that Pariah they met in a bar, blah blah blah. So I don't know, but yeah, no, I'm referring to the page hmm. before that. Yeah, like where that. it's all of them are different versions of the death of Robin. Mm. 
Okay. Oh. Okay. I guess that makes sense, but it's still not this Batman, right? No. Right. So <laughs> it's still all, you know, representation of, of Bruce Wayne's timeline, not this timeline. Right. So I, it was an odd ch- a choice for me. Again, visually stunning, just didn't really make sense within the context of the story. Yeah. Me. So far. So far, yes. We still have one more issue. Um, you know, Martha Wayne has has a time sphere. Rip Hunter has shown up to kick Bruce Wayne's ass for messing with the timeline. And uh, we know that coming out of this, we will have a whole line of Jeff Johns books, including the Justice Society of America. So one more Can't issue. Wait. Can't wait. Yeah, I mean, of the two, Flashpoint Beyond, I really enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, Again, uh, so weird, but, you know, DC scheduling like what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah it, it, it like there's still three issues left of dark crisis yep. but we know how it ends yeah um with for what it's worth little to no actual impact um you know no stakes here in the dc universe at least that coming out of dark crisis but anyway um you know superman war world apocalypse speaking of no stakes we had uh, well, and another book that DC ruined the ending on. Yeah, exactly. Ruined their own ending. <laughs> yeah, ruined their own it. ending. Yeah. Um, you know, we went into War World Apocalypse with Jonathan Kent depressed because during his time with the Legion of Superheroes, he had been told repeatedly that Superman left for this mission and never returned. I don't know how because. He's fine. Superman's fine. Yeah. Spoiler warning on. Superman's fine. He comes back. He goes to Dark Crisis. And as we now know from Flashpoint Beyond, he comes back from Dark Crisis. So Superman's all good. Superman's yeah. all good, repowered, back to normal. Superman's fine. He's the, the great, he, he's, <laughs> I love how at the end of the book, you know, he, he apparently stopped off to put some Grecian formula in his hair. Because uh, <laughs> the gray at the temples is gone. Well, I think that's uh, being back closer to the sun, maybe. Maybe the sun dyes his hair for him. I think that he's just got the Kryptonian Grecian formula. <laughs> Kryptonian Rogaine. That's or right. just for men. Just for men. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I got to tell you, despite the fact that DC ruined the uh, drama of their own ending, I really did enjoy this book. I did. Uh, I didn't love yeah. the turn um, from that one character who... Yeah, the guy who betrays him. Yeah, Krill Krill yeah. Uck. Uh huh. Krill Ux. Yeah, I, I actually that you know what that felt like to me. That felt like filler to sell a larger comic book. I think you could have edited that piece right out and just gone straight to the you know fight between uh, Superman and Mongol. Yeah, because now basically what they've done is they've set that character up to seemingly looks like it's going to be a war of the United Planets. So it's mm-hmm. it's a, I hate when. I mean, this story's been going on for over a year now. Yeah. I hate when a story of this length just kind of ends with set up for another story. Uh-huh. Because that's that's how this ended. You know, Mongol's dead. Um, or the, you know, this iteration of Mongol is dead. But who knows? Dark Crisis may have reverted that. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it overall, to, I, I think, while I would say it hasn't all been good, um, I think with... It, it's kind of like when you watch a movie on Netflix. It's like if you had just trimmed out some of the fat, uh huh. This would have been perfect. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I think that there is a lot of fat on the bone uh, because they were padding out, you know, 12, 13 months worth of story. Yeah. And I, I think 
that you could have removed some of that stuff. And, you know, for as fat as this story has been, they did not do any of the things that I was really hoping they would do, and, and which is pay a little homage to the original Superman World story that, you know, John John Byrne, George Perez and others did. Yeah. Um, I would have really liked to have seen just some sort of passing reference uh, to the cleric, you know, that uh, that we have in those stories. You know, they did a lot to to capture a lot of the setting. Right. And, you know, getting Superman in his, you know, barbarian, you know, gladiator outfit. But they missed some of the supporting characters that I would have liked to have seen. They didn't have to be a, a big piece of the story. It just would have been nice to see them. Yeah, I, um, I don't disagree. Because I love that run. And, I, you know, when when this book uh, debuted, I went back and I reread that that run and it holds up. Uh, you know, it there is a reason why, you know, they did not tell a similar story because it, the the story that was originally told uh, by George Perez and others uh, was so closely tied to the origin that John Byrne made when he uh, rebooted Superman in the Man of Steel. And so, you know, that would not have made sense here. But, you know, in the context of that original origin, uh, it is fantastic. I love that run of books. I love that run of books. And this had the opportunity to bring pieces of that in that would have worked within the setting. Uh, And they didn't do that. Now, what I did enjoy is that we did not hold off because uh, I thought for sure it would be next issue before we saw the reunion between Lois and Clark. Yeah. And it was great that they put it in this book. Yeah, it was a great ending to the book. You know, you end the yeah. book on, on, a, on a very happy, smiley note, that, that reunion. And I thought that was great. The last page of this book is great. I am curious, though. I, I think that the... Uh, Jonathan Kent Superman book worked really well in the absence of Clark Kent. I'm not sure how they do this with with, you know, OG Superman back. I'm not sure. I I, I don't know what stories we're telling. Yeah, because the book was about trying to live up to that legacy. Well, if he's still there, then you don't have to live up to the legacy. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, fair point. And so I am very curious as to will that book end? Because we we've got solicitations up through November, I think, which yeah. is issue seventeen. Um, and yeah, and, and that it's still all part of the Kal-El return storyline. Right. So I guess the question is, will the book continue? It it, it it's not a bad book. I I've, I've quite enjoyed it. But yeah. well, and I think I think it's found an audience. I think it's yeah. doing well. And and I think that audience is is largely dif- different than OG Superman. So I certainly see having the two books keeping, you know, Clark Kent in action comics and keeping Jonathan Kent in Superman. But I just don't know how you how you tell those stories, you know, yeah. what. What's Jonathan Kent going to be working on that super that you know Clark Kent wouldn't be working on? You know, are they just team up books from now on? Yeah, yeah I just I don't know. I don't know. Okay, and I, 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 I want we'll my see. Clark Kent back in Metropolis. I want my Clark Kent doing what Clark Kent does. Uh, and it's fine to send him off on the space missions, but I like Clark Kent in his setting. Um, so I don't know. 
Yeah. Well, and we still, you know, we, at this point, the, you know, the genie's out of the bottle on the secret identity too. But is right. the crisis going to change any of that? I don't know. I guess we'll I find out over be, these next few months. I would not be surprised to find that Dark Dark Crisis doesn't reset that stuff. I wouldn't be upset at at, at that. I wouldn't either. We've and you know, if you're going to have a crisis, use the crisis to clean up all your stuff. I mean, this is something that that Bendis did. Uh, let's reset that. I am fine with resetting that. And for what it's worth, we've seen the storyline that's come out of it. And I think it's, you know, like it, it, we have, I think the result of that reveal has not really been, uh, lucrative enough to generate more content. So I, I'd prefer, you know, put the genie back in the bottle on that one. Yeah. But, you know, I'm excited. I, I, you know, one of the things that I marvel at when I go to comic book shops is there's just a wall of Batman trade paperbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it is, there are very few Superman trades out there in comparison to the Batman trades. And I think this is going to make a nice collected bound, you know, volume of uh, Superman stories. And I, and I think that's great. I think I that's agree. great. So, Hey Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, speaking of Batman, we have the, the um, start of Batman versus Robin uh, coming out next week from DC comics from Mark Wade and Mahmoud Azrar. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, you know, one, I like Mark Wade. I, I know he's kind of disappointed us on that super on that world's finest book. Um, but at least the preview pages I've seen, this seems to be speaking of putting, <laughs> speaking of putting things back, right. Um, this seems to be the return of Alfred. Uh, oh, it seems like there's exciting. something magic related um, that brings back Alfred. Uh, and I, you know, the, the preview pages are very spoilery, so I would avoid them um, it, beyond what I just spoiled. Yeah, thanks, uh, Paul. <laughs> you ruined Christmas. <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty psyched for Batman versus Robin. Very interested in it. Uh, hopefully the first issue is good. Uh, and speaking of Son of Kal-El, issue 15 comes out, uh, you know, continuing that storyline the where they're storming that um i don't remember the country but it's superman versus uh bendix uh gamora um mm-hmm. the, the land of gamora yeah uh and from dc Fif- comics i say 15 is supposed to be considered a huge issue because it will be when jonathan comes out to the world specifically oh. there'll be a uh, kiss between him and his boyfriend that's caught on camera okay so i mean yeah so it it, it I'm very curious. Uh, I mean, I, I, we have all, I think, enjoyed this uh, Tom Taylor run on Superman. So, yeah, issue 15, you know, certainly building up that storyline. Um, additionally, from DC Comics, we also have The Flash, The Fastest Man Alive. Uh, and the reason I bring that one up um, is because it is a one-shot tie-in to the upcoming Flash movie, which feels like weird timing since that movie doesn't come out until next year. But I think it's a prequel to that movie. From uh, IDW, we have Star Trek Lower Decks Issue 1, which I may pick up, Aaron. I mean, I, I know these Star yeah. Trek tie-in books are not particularly good, but I think when it's hey. an animated property to begin with. Spoilers for uh, you know the Star Trek conversation. Issue 400 was fantastic. Oh, good. I have to read yeah. it. I'll read yeah. it before we talk. Um, and from Marvel Comics, we have a couple of, uh, uh, you know, we have uh, the second issue of Predator, which we really enjoyed the first issue of. Yeah. 
We have new issues of AXE Judgment Day, issue four, which we haven't talked about, but I know you're enjoying it, Aaron. God, AXE is so good. <laughs> now, I, I will tell you, I'm only reading the Kieran Gillen books. So yeah, that's you know, the, the main book and the, and the you know Death of the Mutants, I think, tie-in. But man, it is so good. Hmm. Um, we have the next issue of Amazing Spider-Man from Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr. And for me, the big new release next week is Midnight Suns, issue one. Um, featuring the new Midnight Suns uh, team-up book, Magic, Wolverine, Blade, Spirit Rider, and Nico Minoru, who I don't know who that character is. I'm going to hit those preview pages, and if the preview pages look good, I'm picking it up. Yeah, and uh, it features Zoe Laveau from um, Strange Academy in it as well. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm hopeful. You know, the cover art looks pretty slick. I don't know if that's the interior art, but uh, I'm I'm hopeful. Fingers crossed that it's a good book. We did not talk about the Avengers book that that came out this week, but this is you know wrapping up. We're we're coming up on the wrap up to Jason Aaron's run on the Avengers, and they have not announced who's coming back behind him. Uh, no, and, and I suspect you know we were we were talking earlier this week. I suspect it's going to be Karen Gillan. That's I that's, hope so. I am that's the 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 money I'm putting down. Because um, he he's handled quite a few of the Avengers in the the AXE uh, Judgment Day. Uh, crossover so uh that would be a good opportunity to say well if you liked what he did here you're gonna like what he's gonna do over there so yeah so we shall see i'm I'm assuming we'll have an announcement on that uh probably within the next month with solicitations it's gonna be it's gonna be soon well hey we want to know who you think is going to take on the reins of the avengers and what you thought about this week's books what are you reading tell us all about it 972-763-5903 that number once again 972-763-5903 and if we use your voicemail on the show you could win a coveted valuable ideology of madness surprise you can also hit us up on social media iom geek on facebook instagram or twitter what a deal. We'll, we'll do it all over again next week, and then we'll debut Polly with Aaron and Polly. We, we won't be doing that. Oh, no, we're, we're totally doing it right after Jellystone. <laughs> Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.